Good morning. I'm Weemala. Today is Thursday, November 17th. It feels like I haven't been here for quite some time. Uh, the only reasons I have to cancel a few days while I'm uh, going through radiation treatment because I often have a physical therapy appointment. If I do have them, they usually put them right before the radiation treatment. So I'm up and away from home, uh, you know, an hour, hour or two earlier. So I'm trying to figure out a way to just record something earlier and then play it at the regular time. But as you know, I'm slow at, at uh, figuring these things out. So I'll try to keep to the schedule, but Tuesdays are the more likely day that I'll have an appointment stuck in before. So things are going great on that front, and uh, every I'm still functioning like normal, and it's uh, it's good to be doing this with all of you too. So we are still reading Pema Children's book, How We Live Is How We Die, and it's a this is a great book. Her her books. Uh, Her books are very rich. They're very easy to read, and they're very rich uh, and and deep, but in a way that's so uh, available. So we've been breathing. We're on Chapter 14 now. I didn't start reading page by page, but she's in a section now where she has steps. So we've had... The first step to courage is reframing. We've read that. I think that was the last. No, the second. The last one was uh, we had a break after that because I couldn't be here. Thirteen was the second step to courage, a positive take on the clashes. And those are those. Um, those are those defilements, things that are caught up in greed, aversion, and delusion. So now we're going to be reading. Let's see, first, I, there's a second step and a first step, but where's the third step? Maybe that one is just two steps. Okay. Now is chapter 14. And this is called Two Practices, Two Practices for Transforming the Heart. So we had the practices for working with the clashes, and these are two practices for transforming the heart. There is a practice we can do to develop the courage to feel what we feel. It's called compassionate abiding. With compassionate abiding as a foundation, we can then practice seeing our sameness with others, just as I've described. This is a really important, this is very important because this is about how to be, how to abide, how to dwell in compassion. And we have to understand that uh, connection that we have to all other living things to be able to do that. If we have a propensity to feel jealous, for example, we tend to do everything we can to avoid having that unpleasant feeling. 
but in the practice of compassionate abiding, instead of pushing it away, we open our heart to the feeling of jealousy. Not only do we allow ourselves to feel it, we go as far as to welcome it. We breathe it in generously, as we would breathe in clean country air. Then as we breathe out, we relax, allow space, and open. Compassionate abiding has the potential to change our whole relationship with jealousy or any other emotion. Instead of being located firmly in the category of unpleasant or poison, the feelings become beneficial. They help us. On the in-breath, we open to the feelings as if opening our arms to a loved one. On the out-breath, we give the feelings limitless space as if sending them into the vast blue sky. In addition to breathing in a difficult, in addition to breathing in a difficult emotion, we can use it to contemplate our sameness with others. The sharpness of an emotion such as jealousy can remind us how many people have this same propensity. In this very hour, how many people from every country, every city, every village on the globe are feeling jealous? Are meant how many suffer from envy even more intensely than we do? And of these countless people, how many, unlike ourselves, have little or no perspective on how to work with their painful emotions? Honestly, when I contemplate this, it sometimes makes me cry, and it inspires me not to waste my life just feeling sorry for myself. Based on this, on this, we can do the practice of Tonglen, the practice of sending and taking. She does have instructions for the practice, and uh, she has them in the book. Maybe I can read those when we finish this section. Based on this, we can do the practice of Tonglen, the practice of sending and taking. In Tonglen, we take things even further by breathing in not only our own discomfort, but also the discomfort of others. If we're feeling rage, for instance, we can think about how many people are feeling the same way. In terms of its energetic quality, our own range is no different from anyone else's. So when we breathe in our own rage, we can imagine that we're also breathing in the rage of people around the world. While doing so, we can think, may everyone in the world be free of rage. May all beings be free of suffering and its causes. And taking this to its fullest extent, may all beings awaken to their true nature. As a natural complement to breathing in emotional pain, when we breathe out, we can send others whatever positive emotions and qualities we think would bring them joy and relief, such as love or confidence, health or relaxation. The sending part of Tonglin is a way of sharing our happiness and good fortune with others, all of whom have the same wish to be happy and fortunate that we do. It counteracts any unconscious habit we may have to keep all the good things to ourselves, to emphasize our own well-being 
far more than the well-being of others. Sometimes I ask myself, what is it really that I'm breathing in? The emotions are painful, yes, and they cause havoc, but are they really all that solid? If I try to find jealousy or rage, is there anything to grasp? It is taught that both in-breath and out-breath material are empty, just empty form, free from all labels, free of good or bad. This is this absolute way of looking at this practice is well worth pondering. So both, uh, it is taught that both in-breath and out-breath material are empty, just empty form, free of all labels, free of good or bad. So I think that's uh, a good way to look at the practice too. We're not breathing in something bad. Through the practice of sending and taking, using the natural alternation of our breath as a medium, we can transform any disturbing emotion into a seed of virtue, a seed of love and compassion. As we gain experience by applying this practice to different feelings and in different situations, we will feel less threatened by our emotional pain. On the contrary, our kleshas will become precious resources for us as they help us arouse the compassionate heart of bodhicitta, the longing to remove the suffering of other beings and to do what it takes to pull that off. When I asked Trungpa Rinpoche what to do when I die, he said, train now in resting in open awareness. And if at the time of death you feel fear or other emotions, do Tonglen for all the others who are dying and feeling these same things. Think of relieving them of their suffering and sending them happiness. I've been training like this for many years, especially when I feel fear. I breathe it in and think of others and what they are going through. In this way, I'll open my heart now and at the moment of my death. Just staying in that state of open awareness. Do it now and do it at the time of death. So it's a good practice for us all. Train now in resting in open awareness. And if at the time of your death you feel fear or other emotions, do Tonglen for all the others who are dying and feeling these same things. Think of relieving them of their suffering and sending them happiness. So we might, let's see if I can find the Appendix B, we can use, I'll read this for our meditation today. And I think I'll read her appendix the part of it that's on uh, 
Yeah, let's read about meditating with open awareness. Tong Lin is a, a practice I've done, but it's, uh, I think you, we may not want to, yeah, maybe, maybe on, uh, to, maybe tomorrow I can read the Tong Lin. Um, it's, it's something that some people, if they're just beginning to meditate, Tong Lin can be kind of scary. Um, not the feeling you have, but the sense that you might be breathing in the, the sorrow and the, the, uh, the anger of, you know, others going through those difficult emotions. But this is a guided practice that is about the open awareness, the practice to do during your life and then at, at the time of death. So why don't we do that? And why don't you just get in your meditation posture, and I'm going to read this. So some of the words I'm just reading, but this is a guided practice by Yongay Mingyur Rinpoche. And uh, most of us have seen him or know him. Uh, he's, he's the monk who, when he was young, had a lot of anxiety, and his father was a very famous meditation teacher, um, he grew up in the Himalayan mountains, and uh, he left. He left. He was a very, uh, you know, he had he he was a son of a very famous teacher. He had brothers and uncles who were famous teachers, and at one point he left and just went off on his own uh, to see what that would be like and to see and had had some incredible experiences. And he, he's written a wonderful book about it. And I can't remember the name of that book. I think Pema Children mentions it, but it's, it would be a great book to read as a book group, I think. So he is part of this appendix that she has. Appendix B is an uh, appendix on different meditations. And I think meditating with open awareness. I'm going to read this, and this will be our practice for today. So just let your body be in your meditation posture and you can listen to me talk and do it, do it with the breathing, your meditative breathing and just listen. And you might, and that hopefully that will serve and then you can keep sitting after I have to leave if you want to. So meditating with open awareness, a guided practice by Yungge Mingyur Rinpoche. Non-meditation is the best meditation. In real meditation, you do not have to meditate. Just let your mind rest as it is. Whatever the state of your mind is, peaceful, not peaceful, thoughts or no thoughts, it does not matter. The background of all this is awareness, right? So just be with awareness allowing it. Whatever thoughts or emotions arise, accept or allow them and just be. As long as you do not become unconscious or completely lost, it is okay. So we will do this practice. This is also what we call open presence meditation. Sometimes we call it 
meditation without an object. There are a few different names. Some traditional texts call it meditation without support. Please sit in your meditation posture. First, we will practice with a gentle out-breath. Breathe in and breathe out naturally. At the end of the out-breath, there's a natural pause. Simply rest in open awareness during this pause. When you feel the need to, inhale once again. Relax as you breathe in and breathe out. Breathe naturally, simply resting in awareness during the pause at the end of each out-breath. See if you notice these pauses naturally becoming a little longer. Keep your meditation posture. Do not force anything. Breathe in, breathe out, and rest in the pause. Okay, how was that? Now we will try it without pausing the breath, just completely natural. You do not have to do anything with the breath. Let the mind just rest. Just be with a sense of presence. Now we're just breathing without the pause, just completely natural. Just let the mind rest. Just be with a sense of presence. Just your natural breath, 
No need to pause. Just let your mind be in that natural awareness. Just be with a sense of presence. When you rest like this, you are not lost. There is awareness, but the awareness does not have a particular object. You are just relaxing. Some people might find some sense of presence, of being. Something is there. You cannot really describe it, but you are not lost. You are not meditating, but also not lost. Okay, that is all. So let's just sit in that presence, that awareness of presence for a few more minutes. We're not lost. Now rest, train now in resting in open awareness. And if at the time of death you feel fear or other emotions, do Tonglen for all the others who are dying and feeling these same things. 
Think of relieving them of their suffering and sending them happiness. I've been training like this, Pema says, for many years, especially when I feel fear. I breathe it in and think of others and what they are going through. In this way, I'll open my heart now and at the moment of my death. So, this is that compassionate abiding. So we had a little time with that today. So think of open awareness meditation. It's very, it's what we talk about when we talk about being mindful. We're being present, you know, in in the moment, just being aware of everything in the moment. And we can call that present moment awareness. And compassionate abiding is that beautiful quality. We're being aware, very aware of the suffering of others and holding them in our heart. So, thank you. I'll read, tomorrow I'll read the, uh, read the instructions to you about Tonglin, but uh, we, we may or may not practice it a little bit. I'll read through it and see. If you're a new meditator, it can be sometimes a little daunting maybe. It's easy, but it might feel a little, it could feel a little, a little scary. So may everything we do and think and say today be done not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of all other beings. So thank you. Thanks for being part of, part of my practice. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>